You're listening to the Alex B. Podcast. Brother Miles B. joins the podcast to talk about the Colts loss. It's coming up.
And we're back with the uh, Alex B. Podcast. And um, I, I introed it earlier by saying I don't think we were going to have such a happy-go-lucky Miles. You, you seemed – I saw some of the posts on social media, and you didn't look happy. Is it is it possible to stare motherfuckerly on a podcast? No, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Can I cheer, try to cheer you up first? I want to give you a laugh before you go on your rant about the Colts. And I've got something I want to share with you that I have okay. not, I have not shared with you yet. And I normally we'll talk about stuff you know before we get on the phone to kind of set you up you're, for this. But I'm not this time. You're pregnant. Oh no! I mean, I'm fat, but okay. I'm definitely Thank not pregnant. Thank fucking God! Yeah, trust me, Christ. trust me. It looks like I'm on my second trimester. Okay, so. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Um, I'm ready. So I'm I'm in, I'm up I'm up in the region tonight. I'm up in Northwest Indiana. I was hanging out with my mom and my sister, and I told my mom and my sister, and now I'm telling you uh, that a while back I got ordained to perform weddings. Man, they do let anybody in, huh? <laughs> now, believe it or not, my mom was pissed. Now I, I tried to explain. I said, "Look, I'm not jumping on religions or anything. I have some dear friends of mine." that wanted me to do their wedding and so i went and got i'm not i'm not like trying to go out there and be like rev running shit you know what i mean but my mom was like kind of like legit pissed she goes well i just think people you know blah, 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 blah. and then my sister was actually kind of like pseudo-religious like she's like i don't know like i felt now what is your take be honest i mean it's not that bad right no not at all i mean my my best friend got ordained to uh to marry megan and i i mean yeah it wasn't me you know, but that's okay whatever uh, well, you were you were too busy moving out of state because you were scared <laughs> I was moving into the fucking neighborhood, man. But my mom like was still like pissed off. So then I did. So we were eating like dinner, and I made like the sign of the cross on my hand. I go, "I forgive you, my child." And she was like getting pissed. Like <laughs> she legit was getting mad. And and then we're getting ready to leave. I go, "I love you, mom, and I forgive you." <laughs> and she, wow, and boy, she was not having it because I had just a bunch of bullshit, and she was just. She wasn't having it. And I'm like, you, you made it sound like she made it sound like I just robbed a bank and I wanted to hide the money. And it wasn't like that. So I, and I didn't, I didn't tell you. And I know I should have told you because we have spoken since I performed the wedding. And I'm like, you know, what? this might be a good night because I saw that the Colts fucking lost. Um, and I'm like, I got to try to cheer this guy up before he just goes totally off. So what happened? I don't think I could even save him. I couldn't even I couldn't even went down and done a ceremony to save him. What happened? Where did, where do, did, we where have did a time, do we have a time limit today? We don't have a time limit today. You can, you can, uh, people want to know because normally you say not to freak out by game two. You say give it a little time, but you're not sounding too happy on game two. No, and, you know, it, it's I, I say it a lot not to hit the panic button, but I'm hitting the panic button a little bit right now, and it's not because we're 0-2. There's still 15 games left in the season, but why I'm hitting the panic button is, is it seems like the problems with the team right now are core fundamental problems, and it starts with the coaching. Um, Frank going for it again. Uh, what did I say last week? Kick the fucking ball. Take the points when you can get the points, right? Yes, absolutely. We lost by three. Now, last week, you know, it, it was six total points. That would have meant that last drive would have been a potential game-winning drive with a touchdown. This week, uh, it would have been a tie ball game. Now, the one thing you can't control, uh, which seemed inevitable, was Carson Wentz getting hurt and missing, you know, the, that last. Are we, not, are we not protecting him still? I didn't see the game. Are we still not protecting him the way we should? Oh, no. The offensive line is in shambles. And, I mean, you, you have to hope it's temporary because, you know, right, the, the, the right, to, uh, right tackle, uh, Braden Smith, was out today. Eric Fisher started, which is great. He played pretty well considering it was his first uh, snap of football and – 
you know, eight or nine months, um, and he's with a new team, uh, you know, but Quentin Nelson is playing hurt. Ryan Kelly's playing hurt. Um, you know, Braden Smith's out. So this offensive line is in shambles, but it, it, it still seems worse than even a slightly injured Colts line, the highest paid line in, in NFL football should look. I mean, Carson's getting his ass kicked. It looks like Andrew Luck circa like 2014. Great. That's just what we needed for him to get fucking spooked like Luck did and bail out because he's getting his ass kicked. I think what's going to be really interesting to see in the narrative is you know, if that was just an ankle sprain, why he didn't play that last series? You know, it, did he get held out by medical personnel? Is it the same foot that he had surgery on? Or is he just a big whiny bitch and just said, oh, I can't do it. I can't go back in. It hurts too bad. Um, you know, if it's just a high ankle sprain, like I've lived my whole life with a high ankle sprain, put some dirt on it and get in the damn game. Right. Um, but what really concerns me is, is right now, you know, from the overreaction Monday fan perspective is, is either he's got a relatively serious injury that he couldn't go back in and he might miss a couple weeks or he's a whiny little bitch. Uh, either one. <laughs> which, which, you, which, which are you leaning towards? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know right now. He sure didn't look like he was, uh, no pun intended, wincing in pain on the sidelines. Uh, when you put the ball cap on, but you know, I'm, I'm also not Carson Wentz. He, he may just not have been physically showing it. It could have been the doctor said, Hey, this is the same foot that you just had surgery on. You were supposed to be out five to 12 weeks. And the reality is you were out four. uh, let's not take a risk on this. Let's, uh, you know, let Jacob Eason go in there and take his knocks. But what I don't get is that Owen one, um, yeah, this isn't an, a divisional game, um, but, you know, it, it still carries a lot of weight. You know, we talked last week, the first five weeks of the season were incredibly difficult from a scheduling standpoint. Right. Uh, so I can't imagine when you're only down by three uh, that it was just a precautionary, let's keep him out. If there was any chance that he could play, I have to think he's in there. But then it goes back to, well, maybe he wouldn't because the issue this year consistently has been Frank Reich. Right. I know you made, you made a reference. I'm going to get to this in a minute, but how cool would it have been if people were getting like really freaked out in the stands that this, this game was going to go south, that maybe Edge and Hayton could have, should have, could have thrown on some jerseys for a minute to fuck with everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they were there, right? They did the whole ring honor thing. So it might have been kind of cool for, for them just to suit up just for like that, just for, just for kicks. Would have been would have been great. Uh, highly illegal by NFL rules, but it would have been great. <laughs> now, I had to ask you this before we talk about Frank, because you made a reference to him playing Madden. Uh, when you went to the game last week, tell us from a fan perspective, is there anything different with the COVID restrictions going on? Like, is, is the fan experience different with restrictions in place, in your opinion? No, it doesn't seem that it is right now. Um, the big thing that I'm hearing right now as far as the fan experience goes, because they're full capacity now. Um, they're not requiring you to wear masks, at least in your seat. Now, I'm not sure about the concourses, um, but I've seen plenty of selfies and pictures with tons of people without masks on. So I think there are no mask restrictions in Lucas Oil. Um, and they're, you know, again, full attendance. But the big thing that I'm hearing is, uh, you know, staff and personnel specifically related to food and Nobody wants to work, bro, because the no. fucking Treasury is – and these are catering jobs. These are – you know, the, the, they make some pretty good money up there in the stadium because I've, I've worked in the stadium, obviously not in catering. Yeah. But there's some good money to be made. And this just shows you that this is not only – like we talked about affecting the restaurants that, you know, the normal people go to at some of your finer restaurants, but like sporting, like you're now you're really fucking over the fans. Like this is, it's crazy. 
I, it, again, and I was just curious because I saw people were complaining about that. I'm like, you know, now here we are. We're at full capacity. We're, we're basically trying to get back to somewhat of normalcy, and uh, people don't want to go to work. Look, here's the thing, Alex. First of all, we know you spent years playing Let's Go every third song by Little John Dude, for like I was 10 forced. years. I missiles, was forced. But, uh, I was forced. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of things, and it seems like all of the experiences there have been, you know, pretty – pretty normal minus the concessions and and the apparel stores and everything because like you said they just can't get people to work uh i and i don't know if there's any truth to this there was a uh, one of the talk shows here locally last week after the game was talking about how they actually had um a church that was in there running the stands with you know it's not it's not a bad idea to do some volunteer work because here's the thing it's bad enough you already have to pay like 15 bucks for a fucking bowl of popcorn and pay for overpriced beer but now if you have to wait for it imagine Imagine some of the, you know, the little pseudo hostility. You got to wait for a beer that's already expensive because it's short staffed, man. It's like, ooh. So, yeah. And I mean, that was one of the things Lucas Oil always did great. Uh, you know, whenever you went to an event there, whether it was a football game or the Final Four or a wrestling event or whatever, is they really always had a streamlined concession system to where you know you could go to one of five or six places if you wanted a beer and there's only going to be two or three people in line unless it's like halftime or intermission right or something right right like that you know so they, they've always been really good about um you know unless you're one of those concession stands that are like right by the north or south entrances uh you know usually there wasn't a whole lot of flow especially if you got to like the sideline cafes and things like that right uh, you were in and out, but, uh, you know, and, and again, I haven't, I haven't been to a game this year yet. Um, I'm just going on what I've heard and what uh-huh. I've read and, and, and what I've, what I've seen on social media, but it does not seem like the food experience is great right, right yeah. now. Did not, go- not that they were blowing the doors off. The yeah, they quality weren't. Has never no, been they weren't. Did you go, you didn't go to Guns N' Roses a couple weeks ago? I figured, no, you, I figured, no, I, I, figured you I, I did not. I figured you would have been, I figured GNR figured you would have been right up there fucking, uh, you know, rocking out. I, maybe I was wrong. I mean, it was yeah, color, yeah. If it was color me bad, you would have been. If it was color me bad, I'd have been front row screaming while they uh, had a fist fight. You know, it's funny, it's funny you mention that because on my Instagram, and you can look at this, uh, I'm friends with both Mark Cauldron and Brian Adams, who are the two original guys left of, of color me bad. You know, they had their incident, and I had made a joke uh, to both of them. I said, hey, man, if you guys ever do a reboot behind the music, I'd like to be on it. And jokingly, they said, well, you know, you were the first venue we did after the fight, and... Brian Abrams tonight on my Instagram says, hey, man, you just might get on that documentary after all. <laughs> because I want to tell my story about how I had to keep them separate in different green rooms and, you know, the rehearsal and everything. Plus, you were there. You knew what happened. So if I could get up behind the music, that would be pretty fucking cool. I'm, that would be that would be pretty cool. It would be Not pretty that cool. we need another visual uh, representation. Of I know. Alex it's bad enough you got to see me, you gotta, you gotta see me on horse racing. you got to see me on the Internet. And, God. So. Why is Frank right? Why? What is the comparison to Madden? What What exactly did that mean? And what did you say? Because well, I just saw something about Madden and Frank, and it was like I knew I could tell you were mad. You know, so for those of us under the age of fifty, <laughs> wow, uh, nice shot, know, uh, nice shot, nicely played. Hey, you know, I got to take him. I've got to take him. So do. you know, Madden is notorious for people you know not strat- strategically playing football correct, always going for it on fourth down. Like, oh, it's fourth and ten on your own twenty, go for it. Um, that's kind of what I mean by that. Now, obviously, it's an ex- exaggeration because it's not like he's going for it on fourth down on our side of the field. But now in the last two weeks, we're 0 for 4 on fourth down, and it's cost us nine points. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, both, and, and in both games, those points 
changed the whole complexity of the game. You know, last week in week one, there were six points we left on the board, and we were down by 12 on that final drive. If we'd have been down by six, we could have been driving to win the game instead of just running out the clock because we knew we didn't have time for two scores. This week, it's even worse because, number one, we were like on the two or three-yard line. We were in the red zone. Uh, there was one crazy stat I heard that the Colts had 11 plays in the red zone without a score before they scored that very first Ooh, touchdown. My God. That's ugly. Um, so, you know, 0 for 4 on fourth down. You've lost nine points. The last game lost you the ability to contend. This game, it would have been a tie uh, with the Colts having the ball. Even with Jacob Eason back there, you're talking about maybe running the ball with, uh, you know, this, the, this three-headed running monster. Um, instead of trusting, you know, the game on the back of a second-year player who is literally taking his first snap in a real NFL game. Right. Um, you know, you can't be mad at Jacob for throwing a, a, an interception. I mean, think about the roller coaster this kid's been on, um, you know, just during his career. They, they, they get rid of Jacoby Brissett. They bring in Phillip Rivers. Um, Philip Rivers, that know, was just a year contract, right? He was like up and going. Well, it was, they were hoping it was going to end up being a two-year project, but Phil decided to retire. But even then, you know, you have Philip Rivers that you're learning behind. Then, you know, there's a certain amount of time before the Colts traded for Carson Wentz that you were technically the number one quarterback on the depth chart, but knowing that the Colts were likely going to bring someone in, uh, whether it was Matt Stafford or Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston or somebody, um, you know, so you're you're sitting there prepping, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get this huge trade with Carson Wentz, and you're back to being the number two guy. Um, but all of a sudden, this whole foot thing comes up with Carson Wentz, and they're like, "Oh, he could be out five to twelve weeks." Well, that means he could be ready for the beginning of the season. He couldn't be. He could be not back until the midway point of the season. Right. Um, so now all of a sudden, you're number one on the depth chart again. Um, and then two weeks later, they're like, oh, this kid that we just drafted in the sixth round, so Sam Ellinger, um, is going to take some of the starter snaps because we want to see what he can do. Well, that's rigmarole coaches political bullshit for saying, oh, we're not sure you're the guy, yeah. so we're going to check out this It would, it would fuck with your head, I think. I would think it would fuck with yep. your head, all this switching back and forth, and then you know some other guy comes in and, and, and they're running some snaps. With him. I would think... It would it would it would kind of it would kind of wear on you like oh wait a minute man I'm, maybe I'm up for like yeah. another audition or something. Well, well, and then at that at that point, Jacob Eason wins the the competition for the backup role between he and Ellinger, but we still don't know if Carson's going to be back. So they're playing as though Jacob's going to start the season, and then within the last week and a half, Carson gets back on the field. He starts doing non-contact drills, and he's doing seven on sevens, and he's doing full eleven on elevens. He's the starter week one. Fast forward to week two, it's twenty seven twenty four. And now, you know, Frank Reich walks up to Jason Easton and says, hey, for like the fifth time in six weeks, you're the guy. Oh, man. Um, you know, and so this guy goes out there against last year's best pass defense in the NFL and the Rams. He goes up against arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Jalen Ramsey, who ended up, you know, intercepting the ball, which ended up being the game ceiling interception. Um, with all of that pressure. Had we kicked that extra field goal, had we not played Madden in the very first quarter when it wasn't even necessary, it was 0-0, zero, zero, uh, you don't put all that pressure on Eason. Not to mention, there was a definitive swing in momentum when we went for it on fourth and down, for, fourth down. And not only did we not convert, but then we got sacked. So there was this huge momentum buildup for the defense, which carried over to the offense. And it was like four or five plays later. And Matthew Stafford picks the secondary apart and it's seven. Oh, 
um, you know, and, and that's hard to recover, uh, especially for a young team. There's a lot of injuries right now. Like I mentioned, the injuries on the line, we're missing uh, Xavier Rhodes, arguably the best cornerback on the team. So the, the, the pass defense is already in trouble. Um, you know, the, the pass rush does not look great. DeForest Buckner looks good. Um, so there, there's just you can't afford those type of momentum swings, especially that early in the game. You know, it'd be one thing if it's fourth and goal on the two with three minutes left to go and you're down by seven. Yeah, field goal does you no good there. You got to go get seven. And I can even understand the argument, well, the Rams put a lot of points on the board, so we wanted, we didn't want to exchange touchdowns for field goals. But in reality, what happened is, is we exchanged nothing for touchdowns two yeah. weeks in a row. Oof. Um, you know, it's, it's just – I love Frank Reich. He's a great guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he's gotten caught up in the analytics too much. Um, and he, he's, he's looking for, you know, that, you know, the whole purpose of going for it on fourth down, especially in that quick snap nature that the Colts like to do is to catch your opponent off guard. Right. Well, you can't tell me with all the film study and all the crap that, that the NFL has in these analytics these days, that every team that goes up against the Colts knows if it's, fourth and less than five on the other side of the 50 the Colts are probably going to go for it so line up and crash the middle every time Ugh. so they, every they time. basically have us figured out almost yeah exactly so the element of surprise is completely gone and to be honest with you I I don't think that it's something that we could get back because I think anybody that's scheming against Frank Reich at this point is going yeah if it's fourth and less than definitely less than three when we call our third down defense, we're going to say, hey, if they're in if they're in a fourth and short setting, uh, you know, on this side of the 50, we're going to automatically line up in our base defense. We're going to rush six people. We're going to have the tackles crash the middle and we're going to pressure the outsides, uh, you know, and, and at that point, you're going to make the Colts beat you in the trenches in this offensive line last year or the year before, the year before, I would have said would absolutely win that war in the trenches. But for whatever reason this season, no, it's not happening. So, besides the Colts, because I know you're you're obviously you're a big football fan, you're you're sports knowledgeable, which is why I have you on here. What other what are, if you weren't a Colts fan or like ever your put that to the side for a minute? What are two teams people should be on the lookout for this year throughout the league? If you had to look at two teams right now, just from uh, I mean, first aside glance, from the ob- aside from the obvious, when you talk, you know, Chiefs and Bucks, or or yeah. what, what do you? So so you're saying are those are those the two obviously? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. Uh, you know, the kid might go down as, as the greatest ever to play with his athleticism, his ability to run. But, you know, the kid can make these 25-yard perfect spiral no-look passes almost behind his back. If you look on YouTube, there are just crazy videos of him throwing a perfect spiral with a behind-the-back pass 20, 30 yards downfield on a strike. Jesus. It, the, the kid is 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 special. You know, every every – Every now and then in sports, you get like this once in a lifetime, not even generational, like talent. Um, you know, Michael Jordan in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, LeBron James. Yeah. You know, in the 2000s, uh, Tom Brady, and it for for all kinds of different reasons than Patrick Mahomes, because Tom Brady is not that prototypical athletic. You know, crazy. He's just good at what he does. You said, um, you said LeBron. Think, you you said LeBron. You wouldn't put you wouldn't put Kobe over LeBron back in the day. 
Well, okay. I mean, so it's Kobe's when, still when alive, I think obviously. generational, when I think generational, I think one of a kind at their time. Ah. Kobe was a Michael Jordan clone, without without a doubt, an absolute clone, and played in the same era. And if I have to pick Kobe versus Michael, I'm going to take Michael. And I, I look, I love Kobe. I think he's the second best player of all time. I've got LeBron at three, um, but you know, I don't consider Kobe once in a lifetime or generational because he was a clone of Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, everything about his game right down to his dribble and fade away his size the only thing he didn't do was let his tongue hang out like michael did. that was literally you know like That's if true. you're looking at just the shadows you wouldn't know the difference between the two you, you can find videos out there of side-by-side comparisons oh, yeah. like exact moments in history and it's like if if it was just an outline and you couldn't see a face or a body or a jersey there's no way you'd, you'd know you'd the difference know. so do you how much time how many uh how much time do you think brady has left in this I mean, I mean, how many years do you think he has left? I mean, it seems like when you think he might just go, eh, you know, he lands up obviously going with the Bucks. What, what do you think he? How much? How much? How many years does he have left? Uh, you know, that's that's a that's a million dollar question because uh, you know, five six years ago, people were like, oh, he's done. He's lost the, the 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 pep in his step. You know, the same things they said about Peyton, and they were, you know, right about Peyton. His time was coming to an end there in Denver. Every pass he threw was a duck. Um, you know, he had the intelligence, but he just didn't have the physical prowess to be able to do what he did. Uh, Tom Brady is still getting better every year. Yeah, it's like, crazy. To to hear he did what he did last year on on a you know a tore ligament in his knee, so he wasn't a hundred percent. It's terrifying, and and you know I I hate Tom Brady, but it is uh, <laughs> you, a, can't a you can't deny you cannot deny the athlete that he is. Yeah, no, I can't deny it. But now what's different, especially since he's been in Tampa Bay, is it's a hate that's actually peppered with respect. Yeah. Um, you know, because the guys went somewhere. Now, here's the thing. Like, he's not, he's not, you know, mother freaking Teresa down there. They they, they brought some of the most talented individuals yes, they did. In, the, in the game. I thought Gronk was done. Gronk, Gronk, Gronk's like, ah, I'll go ahead and head down there. You know, we yeah, thought he, we I mean, thought he there's, was done. There's, there's incredible names down there. Uh, you know, they, they signed some running backs. They signed uh, Antonio Brown, who, my God, looks like he's back in his Pittsburgh Steelers condition. Which, if that's true, just go ahead and give give the trophy to the to the Bucks at this point. Um, Hand it over. But you know, at the same time, are are you telling me that if you put Jacob Eason in that starting role, that he would? be able to win a super bowl like tom brady did Fuck, absolutely no. fucking not no way no, not, tom, a, not a chance tom is ageless man he's you know he's what 43 now 42 yeah. 43 44 somewhere in there he said the other day that he could say see himself playing to 50 and i don't think that that would happen because at some point his body has to break down right yeah. but at the same time, he's like the ageist wonder. Maybe he's the fucking antichrist. Yeah, he, maybe he's maybe he's got some kind of fucking vaccine or something that's keeping his ass like on top notch. Maybe he might know something none of us do in his day. Man, it, it, it's gonna it's me. gonna come out one of these days that he's like a fucking robot or something yep. like that. Like he's gonna be in a game and it's gonna be he's gonna be like seventy six years old, still passing for four thousand yards, and someone's gonna put a hit on him and it's gonna be like Terminator where half of his face peels off and it's just this like robot face. Or, or or they just hit him and he just combust <laughs> and then it's just over he just turns into dust. They're like what the fuck yeah, happened? When Tom bro? Brady quits no when Tom Brady quits playing football it immediately starts a nuclear bomb time and destroys <laughs> the whole world. All right next week real quick before we wrap this up what do the Colts need to be looking out for what 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 needs to change who do we play next week and what needs to change? Uh 
probably the biggest game of the first half of the season. It's Tennessee. Um, you know, first division game. We're zero and two. Tennessee won uh, in overtime against the Seahawks, so they're one and one. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say in week three that that the division rests, especially now that we have a seventeen game season as opposed to sixteen yeah. in one game that early. But uh, the division rests in one game that early. Uh, you know, only eleven percent of teams that start out zero and two make the playoffs. When you go to zero and three. Uh, and of course, that's based on a 16, not 17 game season. But when you go to 0 and 3, that per- that percentage goes to like 1 percent. Uh, 11 is not great, right? One and one is 41 percent. So going 0 and 3 with a division loss to likely the person that you'll have to compete with to win the division late in the year, uh, it's not good. Um, I think the the key here over and everything is. What is the health of Carson Wentz right now? Does he play in week three against Tennessee, or are we going to see Jacob Eason again? If we're going to see Jacob Eason, we're fucked. <laughs> you better hope that the, def- the defense is on their game um, because it- it's – I mean, that, that Tennessee Titans team, they're going to come to life soon with, with guys like Julio Jones on it. I mean, probably the best receiver duo in the NFL right now on paper. Um, and Tannehill is a good quarterback who, you know, arguably could could be considered great after the last, you know, his revival of his career in Tennessee. Um, you know, but is Carson Wentz healthy? Uh, do we get Brayton Smith back? How does Eric Fisher feel after his first start after tearing his Achilles in the AFC Championship game back in January? Um, you know, what about Quentin Nelson's back? What about Joe Kelly's leg? And and, uh, and are and are we going to get the truth? Because well, let's all know. Because they, they kind they kind of hid they kind of hid the shit on luck. Remember, all that stuff was going mm-hmm. on luck, and they weren't really forthcoming on the injuries and the whole retirement thing. So, do you, are they really? And this goes not just for the Colts, but for anybody. Do you really think they're that? You know, they're that forthcoming because you know they don't want. I mean, whether you want to face it or not, because of, of sports wagering, they don't want. You know, they don't want the fucking odds makers in Vegas to flip. So, do you think they are they really one hundred percent transparent on these injuries, or so they don't get agents freaked out and everybody else? Or because there was a lot of stuff that I think was botched and hidden about luck. You know, oh yeah, and, and Manning and his neck surgery and all this other bullshit. I mean, are they going to be as transparent? Or do you think they're going to kind of like, yeah, everything will be fine. It'll be fine in a little bit. You know, uh, every NFL team isn't completely transparent about their inner injuries. It's one big chess match, you know, for people preparing for them. You know, Tennessee, you know, when Tennessee looking at what little film of, of Jacob Eason you have, so you need a little bit of element of surprise there, although not much. Um, but the Colts are exceptionally deceptive. Um, and and <laughs> it's agree. not just a lack of transparency. It's bald face lying yeah. about the injury status of their stars. And it, it, it's not a Ballard thing because it existed in the Grigson era. It existed in the Napoleon era. Oh, it definitely it did in the Napoleon era. It an Ursa thing. Yeah, I think, I it, think it's, it's an Ursa thing. thing. I think it's an Ursa thing. Because, again, you don't want to get agents spooked out. Again, you don't want to get teams to try to strategize. And then, again, now, and, and I'm not saying it does or doesn't, but now you, know, now you have a lot, of, a lot of teams that are partnering with different casino companies. You know what I mean? You don't want to, like, really, really, really rock the boat. And, and, I think I think we'll know about Carson Wentz pretty much one way or the other, even with the the deceptiveness that the Colts like by what his injury status is come Tuesday or Wednesday. If he's doubtful or out, I think obviously if he's out, but if he's doubtful, uh, I think you can pretty much consider that he won't be playing at that point. If he's questionable, I think that's the way of the Colts hiding his status a little bit, and he should start unless he has a setback of some sort. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. We don't even know what the actual injury is now. If it's a high ankle sprain, he could be out two weeks, to be honest with you, depending on how bad it is. 
Um, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of ankle sprains in my life. I've had some that have put me on the shelf on crutches for two to three weeks. Mm. And I've had others where I literally could have gotten back on the basketball court and played, you know, 10 minutes later with a little bit of swelling. Now the next day be a different story, but you know, as far as playing that day, I was completely capable. Uh, That's what confuses me so much is that, you know, he was, he was walking around the sideline. He wasn't really extremely gingerly on it when he was walking around the sideline. Um, you know, so what was the reason they kept him out? You know, it wasn't like we were down 27, nothing or up 27, nothing, or even, you know, 27 to 17, a two possession game. It was a three point game. Um, I am really curious as to why our quarterback rode the sideline what was the actual reasoning who made the call was it him was it frank was it the uh medical staff um but i I think by tuesday or wednesday we'll have a pretty good idea whether carson will be active for uh the titans game or not well we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on that miles thank you again uh for for uh joining the podcast i'm sorry i didn't tell you about my ministry my ministership if you will um you know, that I waited to wait it to now to tell you, but I figured since I told my mom, my sister tonight, I said, I got to tell my see what he thinks. And again, my mom, well, my mom's flipping shit. My sister was just like, Oh God, you know, like I'll, I'll call, I'll call your mom and we'll pray for you. <laughs> Thanks again, miles for joining the Alex B podcast. Uh, since miles is such a big fan of color me bad because he kind of looks, he kind of back in the day looked like, uh, looked like Brian Adams, like a skinnier Brian. I'm uh, literally half the man he is now. Yes, literally. And that that's pun intended. So we'll wrap Wrap it up with some color me bad, and you're listening to the Alex B podcast. Light